0: Welcome to Shatter,
1: by Rockwell Automation Women in the Field.
0: We're your hosts,
1: Fumi Ige, Carrie Shrock,
0: Kara Parati, and Kira Rust.
2: Good morning! This is Keri Shrock. Schrock. Um, I'm here with Kara Parati, Kira Rust, and Fumi Ige. Guys, how are you all doing? Hey,
1: doing well. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be
2: back. Awesome. So listeners last year, we wanted to approach some topics that we as women in the field think about, but we really wanted to create some space for conversation on them. So we sent a survey to the woman in the field of Rockwell Automation. Thank you, by the way, to those who filled it out. We'll be combining some of that input with our own today on the topic of work appearance. So Shatter Ladies, let's getting to talk about it. So let's just start off with something easy. You know, pre-COVID to post-COVID, appearances have relaxed in our work from home environments. Do you guys think biases about appearance have relaxed as well? So for example, you know, I think about maybe in pre COVID, I was wearing a lot more business casual, like business professional, a lot more, um, like full suits, nicer clothing. And now I feel like, you know, I'm wearing a lot of jeans places or denim, or maybe more of a relaxed shirt, t-shirt rather than, rather than something a little bit more buttoned up. Yeah, on that note too, I uh,
0: I feel like I'm wearing much less makeup than I would have, which is not to say that that's the right way to go, but I am kind of loving the opportunity to not feel like I have to spend an extra, you know, 30 minutes in the morning on makeup when that's not really my, that's not who I am outside of work anyway. So on the topic of bringing my whole self to work, I feel like I have a real opportunity there. To be myself and save a little bit of time and uh, a little bit of money on makeup, since that's just not um, something that I normally do. Regardless, so um, I'm enjoying it, but I do. There is a part of me that that worries about the bias as well, even if I'm I'm fully remote and working from home.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kara, it's it's. I I love that you said that because I, for one, have um have gone hybrid in the makeup aspect, right? So I go. I go from putting a heavy full on foundation now to making it, Hey, today, maybe I want to do that. And tomorrow I don't want to do it. Right. So I, it's no longer, I don't feel that pressure anymore to make it a, you know, maybe not 24 seven, but five days a week, whenever I go into the office, have that sometimes I just do a touch up. Sometimes I just do my brows. Sometimes I put full on makeup. I like that. I have that flexibility to do it. So yeah, same with my hair. um I think that comes with being a mom too. I just needed something simple, <laughs> which is, which is yeah. new for me too. So yeah, that works. I, I like that. It's, it's easy and there is no pressure to go to a certain, you know, go by a certain standard anymore. So yeah, I love that. There
0: you go. That's exactly what it is. I like that you open it up to be a spectrum, right? Cause I find myself, if, if you catch me at a work event, I'm full makeup. Um, like I'm going all out and I don't know why, I don't know if that's a function of me feeling like, like, is that out of necessity or is that because I really feel my most confident at an event? you know, kind of done up. I'm not sure, but there's an option now, which is really refreshing. Yeah. I think, um, like I said, it's on my mind though, about the bias. And I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm a fully remote employee at this point. Of course there are work events though, like I just mentioned, but in more of a hybrid working environment, I'm wondering if this does this bias exasperate differences in appearance? Like, do we think we're on the right track or is this highlighting some differences maybe that we didn't talk about pre-pandemic? Yeah.
3: Um, I think that that's one that I've kind of, you know, witnessed maybe a little bit, especially in my previous role with how um hybrid it really was where like some days I wouldn't have any on camera calls and so I would be in sweatpants or like less made up. But then if I was going to a client or like a site, then I would be like fully decked out and then I'd be around people who were just like in jeans and a polo or like whatever the look of that day was, which is fine. Um and it was really difficult for me to bring it down. Um kind of in that way and i i wonder if that's a bit of like socialization um and how i felt like i had to be but then also some of those biases and i finally did it i finally wore jeans to an in person meeting and um that felt incredible but i think kind of as we transition back it's also going to be interesting with um things like on a new team where i haven't met anyone in person if there's a trade show or something in the summertime, um, are they going to be surprised and, or put off in realizing that I have a lot of tattoos and like those kinds of things. And that's not necessarily a concern that I have with these individuals, but I think it's probably on a lot of, I think that's really
0: valid. I, the tattoos that I have, you can't see on camera and mostly Kara, you know, I can't see the tattoos that you have as well, but you have to wonder if are we really in a new era post pandemic where tattoos and piercings are a little bit more normalized at work in general? Of course, as long as, you know, they're, they're not offensive tattoos. Um, but I, I feel the same insecurity at the last, uh, event that I was at, actually, I asked my manager, Hey, is it okay? I have this big arm tattoo and, and, we were in Florida, it was incredibly hot and humid. She said, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Times are changing. So I think it's almost like some people have that perspective and some don't. And the question is, you know, do we, do we just continue marching forward like this and feeling uh, okay about it and embracing that, bringing your whole self to work idea? Well,
3: and I feel as though kind of even in the examples that I experienced and that, you know, is very my own personal experience, I, um, I think that, you know, wearing nicer jeans and like a shirt that I would wear normally, whatever is an option that I feel like a lot of my male counterparts have always felt like they had. Um, whereas I felt like I needed to maybe prove myself in a different way or be more put together to be heard. And so I wonder if that's breaking down any of those barriers or if it's just perceived differently. That's such Um, a good question.
0: I I think that you know, what you're getting at is are men held to the same standards and video calls? Like a lot of what we're talking about, of course, this is a, a woman focused and woman empowered podcast, but in general, are we commenting more on women's appearances kind of like we were doing in the before times and now it just looks different or do we really have an opportunity to step out here as women?
2: You know, I, I, I guess maybe at at one point, once I started going back out into the field, interacting with customers, getting up early, um, thinking, how can I maximize my, uh, my, uh, morning routine here or not maximize or just make it more efficient. Um, the information that we bring to the table, uh, is no different whether we are wearing a full face of makeup or if we are showing up, um without one. Um, and so I've just kind of tried to live by that. Um, but I do think, I do think, you know, if I hop on a video call, sometimes there's more of a, like, I, like, I feel the need to, if I'm hopping on a call with my team, I feel the need that I'm like not showing up in a sweatshirt or I'm not showing up in a, you know, something like that, where some of my counterparts absolutely well, like no questions asked, hat whatever. Um, and I think that does really stem back to um, whoever an expectation was set somewhere down the line.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> with expectations, right? For me, I I feel like I had that expectation of myself for a very long time. That, like you said, Carrie, that when you know my male counterparts would wear whatever or t-shirt or i don't know some baseball shirt from somewhere right and and i'll be like i needed to wear like a nice corporate you know looking shirt and and um recently as you can tell but i'm sure the audience can't see i just wear whatever now um i'm on camera whether it's with my with my customers or whether it's my counterparts male or female i just I don't know, I think that's evolved for me and it, that has just been really um, um, forced mostly by us working from home, right? Um, which for me, for me I, I say that right now, I wouldn't have said that a couple of um, months ago as well. So I think over time that kind of is evolving and it's a continuous change so far, um, I see, I see. We had, you know, we sent out a survey, and people um, put in a couple of comments. One, one was say around, you know, being the only female in a room, which I'm always the only female most of the time in a room, except for the new team that I'm in, where you have more females now. But being the only female in a room, um, and and wanting to have that relatable conversation with your coworkers about nail appointments so I feel like I went beyond the clothing now and it's like that's what I want and I agree with that statement right that's what I want I want to be able to have conversations about hair aspirations shopping and and things like that but as as we 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 evolve which we've talked about in clothing um I feel like that's going to happen. That's changing. More guys are now talking about when I bring up massage, a guy would not want to talk about that. Right. But I feel like spa conversations might evolve, not just amongst women, but beyond that, just because of how, how things are when we talk about, um, work today.
2: I think that's a really good question for the group though. Um, okay. So you know, us four, uh, that we're chatting here. We've been in this situation a lot where we are the only female in the room, which is totally fine, but, um, usually topics of conversation are, are not geared towards females. How have you guys navigated that?
0: Uh, I make it really clear that I, I don't know anything about sports. So I, I I will try the conversation, but I'm, I'm not going to you know, make myself smaller because that's the only topic because that's what we've been doing in corporate America for a really long time. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, I think the point is I'm, it's a conversation. It's not a monologue. And and if you don't want to feel left out, like sometimes I feel the need to shift the conversation a little bit so that more people can be included. Um, and sports is just one example, right? Like there are lots of other topics that, um, I live in Colorado. There's a lot of topics about hunting and I don't necessarily know about that as well. So it's really difficult to, to make it authentic to me and change the conversation, but it's all about trying to find the connection points with the group to foster, um, a conversation that's really inclusive of everybody. Yeah. I
1: love, I love that you mentioned inclusion, right? Um, because because the, that's that's what it is, right? For for a very long time, it's been I don't want to say bipartisan, but it has been like polar. Conversations have been so polar around these these topics, right? And and that that does affect that directly affects um, when we talk about um, DNI, right? How does that fit into How does that fit into that conversation? How how are we able to go from how do we keep it, keep the conversation alive? All of these conversations that we're doing today and we're having today, how do we keep it alive and make it relevant so that we avoid falling back into those old habits and, and negative biases or, or just making it so polarizing that it's, it's either, either you talk about sports because you're a man or you talk about makeup because you're a female. Right. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm curious, Kara, what do you, what do you have to say about it? Cause I'm, I'm thinking about it in my head and I don't have the answer, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say.
3: So I think that that's like a really interesting topic for me, especially in terms of appearance and kind of how we talk about that in the world and how that's just kind of like a thing, right? Or the idea of like talking about a very traditionally like masculine topic versus very traditionally like feminine. And what does that even mean? And why does there have to be this divide? Um, my friends will probably tell you that I could talk to a wall if, if it let me. Um, and so I think that I tend to, um, lean into that in a way where probably I don't end up saying the, the things or having the topics that I necessarily want to. Um, but I think that I honestly always end up feeling fine about those interactions when there isn't an inevitable conversation around my appearance And I feel like so regularly there's at least like one half comment about it um, of someone who thinks they're being nice. And it's just like icky, um, especially when you're the only woman in a room or the only person of any kind of way that makes you feel othered. Um, So I think for me, gendering topics feels out of, you know, not necessarily something that has been as much an experience for me but I think in terms of those topics around appearance we could just not talk about how I look and that would be better than you know these one-offs for me how I,
1: I I try to incorporate you know again tying it back to not making it not making it feminine or masculine or female or male conversation or man or woman conversation whatever way you want to define it is Talking about it, honestly. Um, so if you talk about soccer, um, great, because that's that's what you're into, right? But I I would like to bring 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 in my conversation about me going to do my hair and having my nail appointments and it not being oh she's a girl or she's a woman and that's right. I just right that, for me that's one way yeah. I would want to approach that right to to make it not be as as polar as it is today.
3: Right. Like, why can't all parties bend a little bit and maybe learn about something new um, along the way?
1: Just going back to those some of those survey comments we got. Right. Um, There's one that came up around um, outfits of different professional um, events, like how how do you, you know, picking out those outfits for professional um, events and like first day conferences, casual happy hours and things like that not knowing, not knowing if it sh- you should wear, you know, a certain outfit or, or, or thinking about, oh, you know, how, how do I relay that to, for example, an early career uh, person and um, helping her, an early career woman, sorry, and helping her be more confident um, when she's, you know, if, if she's not had direct guidelines, because we, there's no playbook, there's no, uh, I'm a way of going about that. So how do we, how do you, how do you help someone that's new to all of this?
3: this really brings me back to the last time that I had traveled for work where um Kira and I were I think facetiming from different hotel rooms and the same or adjacent hotels because we were both like what do we wear to this happy hour what is appropriate for this how do we do this and then um, when this topic came up and we saw some of the survey responses we actually reached out to some internal people um to see kind of what this playbook looks like because I think that there used to be one and it was really outdated but um, now I don't think one really exists. Um, and it's, it's tricky, uh, to kind of, you know, move around that and figure out what works for you and what, you know, doesn't make you stand out while still making you feel as though you were honoring yourself and whatever
2: event that you were at. I think I am the, like quite possibly the worst person to, uh give advice on this because if I find a shirt that fits me, I buy it in 10 colors, um, which might be great advice, might not be great advice. Um, I try to work versatility into all of my pieces. Um, So if I am buying a shirt, I want to make sure that I can wear that to a customer meeting. So nothing too fancy, nothing too casual, but then that shirt can also translate really, really well. If I'm meeting my friends for dinner afterward. Um, I also realized that is a sweet spot of clothing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) truly only, only found out like Nordstrom back in September. Um, (laughs)
0: love that life change. I think I would be curious. We got this great, these great survey responses. We compiled it, and this was a a heavily brought up theme. But I'd like to put it back out there um, with a final question for you, Carrie. How can listeners engage and chat with us more and follow up on the conversation? Because I'd be really curious to see what the perception of the quote unquote playbook is by RA Wi Fi members and beyond.
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Kira. And I would also be really curious what a great equivalent to a golf polo would be. So if anyone out there has ideas, <laughs> suggestions, I think Please. we're all curious about it. I asked this question weekly.
3: <laughs> yes, I need that answer. I got turtlenecks for the winter now. I can do that all day long without the answer being a golf polo. I'm really sorry they are wonderful
0: i'm not gonna wear one okay there was a brief window in 2005 where i said fine to the abercrombie and fitch polo and never again i just can't
1: (laughs) wait i was gonna say i think i want i want to see what are we is it is it just a typical you know polo shirt or is there something special what is it about this polo
2: What is it about the Friday polo and jeans that I can translate is honestly the million dollar question, but also questions that we have for you listeners, um, is, are there any topics that you guys want to hear about? Is there someone that you think would just be an absolute rock star speaking on one of the shatter episodes? Um, if you like us, if you don't like us, if you have any, uh, commentary whatsoever, you can reach out to any of us on LinkedIn, reach out to us at RE Wi-Fi. There's a survey that goes out in every bi-monthly newsletter. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and keep this conversation going. And with that, uh, Funmi, Kira, Kara, thanks so much for talking about it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you ladies for having me back. This was fun. Um, it just reminded me of all the conversations that I missed. So thank you.
0: Thank you all.